Hello coders, welcome to episode 88 of the How to Code Well podcast. Hope everybody is doing well. Um, today we're going to be talking about API testing, testing those APIs, external APIs, I should add. So not the APIs that you create, the APIs that you're using. Um, we're going to be talking about that today and other bits and pieces too. Let me just um, close that down. So it's... um. I'm a little bit loud for some reason. Why am I a bit loud? Knock all those down. So, um, yes, API testing is, um, one of those painful things that we have to do. Uh, whether you're integrating with, uh, Facebook or GitHub or Stripe or a PayPal or any kind of third party thing where you're using an API, um, you're, you're authenticating your own application or a user on behalf of a user. Um, and you're using that third party thing to do something. Uh, usually it would be authenticating the user. So OAuth2, um, and you would probably be getting your user to uh, log in via the third party tool and, um, and then uh, they would provide an access token and away you go. Or if it's Stripe, you could be using the their API to process payments and other bits and pieces like that. So, you know, APIs aren't just for logins, of course. APIs are for all sorts of manner of things. The problem is, well, the challenge is testing that. Testing it from your point of view, not from their point of view. You you always kind of hope that they're always running and up and everything's, and everything's good. But when you're hooking into someone else's API and that process happens sort of right in the middle of your flow, so to speak, then you kind of need to, you need to, um, be able to test the various different responses that you might get back. Uh, I, I'm talking from the perspective of how to code well, because, uh, this is something that I've been doing recently. Um, I mentioned last week, I think in episode 87 about the, uh, how to code well roadmap. And one of the things that, uh, I'm building, uh, in this first quarter of the year is integration with Facebook and GitHub and other things and Google and all of that jazz. So people can log in, um, via those things and then, um, and then log into the system. So they don't, they don't actually log into how to code well. They log into Facebook or GitHub or Google. They provide an access token and then that would then give them access to how to code well. That's the kind of the, the, the long and short of it. The trouble is if you break it down into a sort of a, the technical process, the technical steps, um, the first thing that happens is the, the front end, uh, you would, you would, the user would click, you know, log in via let's just say GitHub because that's the one I'm working on at the moment. So log in via GitHub, that would then produce a pop-up and that pop-up would have the username and, and uh, password. Um, they would, the user would then populate those and press submit and, and then that would go off to GitHub to authenticate the, um, the user that would then come back to a redirection URL, uh, that you specify in your application and it's at that point you have to deal with whether or not that, um, that login actually worked. 
there's other things involved, like for instance, you need to authenticate your own application against GitHub. So you need to provide GitHub a a state and a code. Or no, you provide GitHub a state, which is a unique um, sort of a unique string. Um, and then they provide a code which is unique to that state. And then you can then verify the two. And then once that happens, you can then, <laughs> you can then provide, uh, the, the, the ability for the user to log in. And anyway, by the by, what, I, what ends up is that you get a access token, an OAuth2 access token that you can then go off and use, um, and say, yes, that user has actually logged in successfully. Now, the challenge is that that works fine when you're dealing with a website and that website has is mostly sort of front-endy type stuff. But with the How to Code Well site, it's um it's a little bit more involved because How to Code Well itself has an API. So essentially what's happening is that the user is logging in to an API via an API. <laughs> So they would, they would go to the how to code well, how to code well.net. They would log in via, uh, GitHub. That would bring up their nice, the nice little, uh, pop-up. Um, once the code and the state has been dealt with, you know, once GitHub recognizes that this how to code well is actually, um, the thing that is requesting the, the, the you know, this user to be authenticated, you have to basically authenticate the app. Um, anyway, and then they, they put in the username and the password, and then that sends it off to a callback, a redirect URL. And then at that point, you can then uh, say, yes, this, this, I have an access token here. Um, so I can now log the user into my own system. And what happens on how to code well at the moment is that, um, this, I'm all saying, I'm saying at the moment, this is what's happening on, on, um, locally it's not even on beta yet this is what's happening locally what happens locally is um so this this hasn't been pushed up yet oh, that's what i'm trying to say so what happens locally is the user would authenticate through the front end and then what happens is uh that creates an access token in how to code well right um so it's a how to code well access token on the behalf of github so you've got the GitHub token. Now you've got the How to Code Well token. And then that is the thing that authorizes you into uh, the rest of the journey. So when you're accessing or enrolling in courses or looking at tutorials, you get an you get, you use the How to Code Well access token, not the token that you've got from GitHub. This means that I can now say that, um, so basically How to Code Well hasn't, has its own OAuth authentication mechanism that I'm kind of hooking into. Um, so it's a, a little bit more complicated than just, this is just a login screen and it's, it's, um, it's the front end and the back end are integrated together. This is, this is having to go through an, a, um, a how to, uh, an API to then send a request off to GitHub to then get the request back, you know, the callback back to say, yes, this is being authorized. Now we can create a how to code well user, or we can assign the GitHub user to a known user. That's another nuance there. Um, and this is the, this is the how to code well access token that you end up with. I probably have not made any sense there, but, um, <laughs> essentially there's a lot of steps involved in order to log in via a third party. That's what I'm, that's the point that I'm trying to make. There's a lot involved. Um, 
regardless of whether you get something off the shelf or whether you build it um, sort of uh, bespoke, uh, when you're dealing with APIs, when you have an API yourself, it's more difficult. Because the thing is, when you're when you're dealing with an API, you have to send an access token or something to say, yes, this user is is um, it has been authenticated, right? But then what happens if if that authentication f- follows on to a previous authentication step? So the user has logged in by a GitHub. So now they've logged in, that's fine. Now we need to log in via, via our system. So now you're playing with two access tokens. So what I'm doing here is I'm just saying, no, once you're into GitHub, that's fine. We now move you into how to code well, and then you just play in that space. Um, once the how to code well access token expires, um, then you need to then reauth or auth yourself back through the GitHub sort of mechanism. Um, or you, what ideally what would happen is a refresh token would be provided to you. But anyway, we're, we're, we're moving into other areas here. The point I'm trying to make is that testing APIs, and we've only just spoken about authentication, testing APIs is very tricky, very, very difficult, um, because there is a step that has to be taken to touch another system. And you can't do that very easily um, through end-to-end tests because um, if, you know, I run my tests very frequently, extremely frequently, like any change, I'll run the tests. And um, the whole test suite takes, you know, a matter of minutes to run, which is great, but I don't want to be hitting GitHub all the time. I don't want to be sending a, a dummy request off to GitHub all the time, uh, because I'll be throttled. I'll be, um, uh, shadow, I'll be banned, um, on, uh, from my IP against the, them, you know, the rate limits and all that jazz. So you, you can't, you can't do that. You basically can't test against a live API, which kind of makes you go down one or two paths. The first one, the first path, the easy route is, well, let's just mock the API. Let's just create, some endpoints that I know are the endpoints that I'll receive and then I'll work with them. So I'm not actually making a request to that API. I'm, I'm, I'm mimicking the response of that API. I'm using that response. So, and that's a really, that's, that's a good way of going. And I started doing that. Um, but the thing is you, you, you just by, naturally you you only test the happy path and when i say the happy path i mean the path that you know that works <laughs> um but the thing is when you're testing an external resource there are so many things that could go wrong that it, that are out of your control um for instance the the actual endpoint could be could disappear <laughs> for no reason whatsoever you know, it could just go down or they could change the API by accident and return you the wrong response. Or, you know, they could change the error codes or they could change the actual body or they could do all sorts of things. They could change the way, um, you know, things are required in headers or, you know, the body or the query string or whatever. You know, there's a lot of things that can just, they will decide to change that you don't have any control over. This is why API versioning is good because you can then say, well, I was using this version and I know this work version works. So when they change something, you would hope that they 
create a version for that and you can test against a, a new version. But that's not always the case. You're basically working on working with other people's code and other people's infrastructure and other people's systems. So testing a mocked response is not a full watertight solution. You are testing the happy path. You're testing the way in which you think it should work. Obviously, you can mock error responses, but you're probably not going to capture them all. <laughs> um, and also, uh, a problem with doing it that way, where you're mocking the responses, you're not actually making a physical request. So you're not actually end-to-end -end testing your your code, you're essentially doing like a sort of a halfway house between a unit test and an integration test, functional test to be fair, um, where you're saying that I'm going to mock the response. I'm not actually going to do a request. I'm mocking the response. So I can't actually create this, uh, this, I, you know, I can't really create posts, posts or gets or, or HTTP status codes, you know, the real thing, the real deal. Um, and, also, when you're, when you're doing it that way, you are only, you're kind of doing it only in one direction. So what I mean by that is often we want to do something with the response. In the case of logging in, it would be, okay, this finding if that user from GitHub actually exists. And if they do, then uh, assigning or sort of associating a known user with that GitHub account or creating a new user because there isn't a user on the system or, um, and then eventually doing the, the, uh, the authentication from the how to code well site. So providing an access token based on that. So you can, you can't really get past that. Um, you can't really get past the the request if you're just mocking the response. You you then ha you're then basically what I'm saying is you're then basically working on a bunch of assumptions. When you do um when you mock the response, you're then making an assumption of the rest of the stuff that happens after the response after you've gained the response, which means that you are now going in that that mind space of this is just the happy path again. So I'm only, I'm only dealing with the things that I know will work because that's what we do. You can't really do this in TDD, <laughs> not very easily. So the solution that I come up with is to create a mimicked API server. So a testing server that I have created, it's open source. It's linked in the show notes and, um, it's uh, it runs on symphony i only built it in a day so um so it's 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 pretty basic at the moment so it runs docker and it's symphony it's php8 and it it basically gives you a uh, a server that you can you can then hit and what i've done is i have um uh mimicked uh, the responses of many APIs. I basically copied a lot of uh, some of the GitHub endpoints and used those. Then I can access those like I would normally access GitHub, but accessing this test server. This way I can create responses that are tailored to a whole manner of different situations and circumstances. Um, and the way I've done it is to create some configuration that, um, basically is done in YAML and uh, each, each configuration 
sort of outlines or defines the the response that you're going to get as well as the error code and, and other bits and pieces like that so it's 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 not it's not perfect by any stretch <laughs> but it's it's a way that i can spin up the the how to code well backend and this test server and then run a github um authentication and all I have to do is just change the URL. <laughs> so I'm not firing at GitHub. I'm firing at my own testing server. Um, and I've dealt with the OAuth, um, OAuth uh, flow, OAuth 2 flow at the moment. So you would, you would deal with the access tokens logging in via GitHub. Eventually, I want to um, create... Us the same thing for Facebook. So at the moment it's localhost forward localhost port eighty eighty forward slash GitHub and then forward slash and then the endpoints. And eventually I want to do localhost eighty eighty forward slash Facebook forward slash the Facebook endpoints. Um and when we get to it, when we're adding Stripe integration to the to the site, um I will be doing that as well for Stripe. So I'm basically thinking this is like a sandbox of like a little playground where I can, I can create, um, I can basically replicate external APIs that are obviously not, that, that, that are returning fictitious responses, but responses that are outlined by the documentation of the APIs that I'm, I'm basically, um, mimicking. <laughs> So oh, I'm faking. I mean, it's a faker. I'm faking the, I'm faking the responses. That's essentially it. That's essentially it. Um, and it's working out. So it's working out all right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not so bad. It, it, it did take a bit of time to just spin up and get, get running, but, um, it's, uh, it's there now. And I think that it's, uh, it's a great step in the right direction, especially with Stripe in the future, because there's going to be some crazy logic that I have to write around, um, monthly subscription plans and yearly subscription plans and renewals and all of that jazz. So it's not actually going to be just an API that hits this. It's going to be cron jobs and other commands and other things like that. And um, so I want to be using that, that test server API as a means of me just sort of doing the trialing and erroring <laughs> essentially. Um, it's another piece of infrastructure to spin up, unfortunately, but um, that's just the way it goes, really. Um, it's running PHP 8, as I mentioned, and Symphony 5. Uh, link in the show notes if anybody wants to play with it. Um, at the moment, it, 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 it is only doing the GitHub stuff, but eventually I want to move that on to the other bits and pieces. But testing APIs is so, so difficult. <laughs> it's really difficult. Hi, Code Hills. Thank you for joining. I hope you're well. I hope you're you're doing well. I'm sorry it's a little late today. Um, we, I've, I've literally, uh, finished work probably about an hour and a half ago. Um, maybe two hours and I've had dinner and then I took the, took Murphy out. Murphy's our English Springer Spaniel, took him out for a walk. So I'm, a, I'm still in work mind mode. <laughs> um, but, um, and, and last night was a late one because I was working on version 0.1.1 of the testing API last night after work. And I think the way I'm going to go is that once we, um, once I do all of the GitHub things that I want to do, then that will be version one. 
And then when I do Facebook, that'll be version two and Stripe will be version three. That's what I'm kind of thinking. <coughs> and there's a lot of scaffolding code that I'm writing at the moment, especially with the OAuth stuff, because the Facebook and GitHub, um, and well, Stripe for that matter, the, the authentication routines are pretty much the same. So the code that I'm writing for GitHub, I'm going to be using and hooking in to the other bits and pieces. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of groundwork right now. Um, but, um, I think that once it gets, gets going, it's going to be nice and quick. And I've decided to open source it <coughs> because, well, because I want to open source as much as I can. It's kind of one of, one of my sort of, um, odd, odd, uh, uh, New Year's resolutions, I suppose, that, that I want to be open sourcing as many things as I possibly can. I did think, uh, especially around how to code well, that it was a little bit dangerous to open source certain elements, especially around security. But to be fair, this is just a, a testing server that mimics um, other people's APIs. <laughs> so uh, there's nothing, there's no, there's no um, sensitive information in this. And also, um, uh, the, the YAML files that define the responses and stuff, uh, that's all sort of, uh, dummy data. So, so that's, that's fine. <coughs> and I'm even thinking of ways of creating like, um, a Git ignored folder that has configuration that I can create myself that isn't committed up to the repository that does hook into the how to code well testing bits. So I'll have things on there like IDs or usernames and email addresses that are obviously tested, t testing bits and pieces, obviously not production uh, data at all, but stuff that I'm aware of in my testing database. Um, <coughs> that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I also hooked it up to Travis last night as well. Um, so we now have, um, Travis doing some testing. So every time I do a merge or sorry, a pull request in, into the GitHub uh, repo, it um, run, runs a series of Travis tests and it runs, I've got a make file on it, um, which does a make install that does Docker compose. It brings all the containers up. Well, all of them, it brings the container up, which is the web server container. Um, and then it does, um, uh, composer install. So it does the installation and then there's make tests, which ra runs PHP stan at level eight. That's all passing. It runs PHP. Uh, it doesn't run MD because I was having problems with PHP MD in, um, PHP eight, but it does run, uh, PHP CS. So PHP beautifier, so linting, um, and PHP stand, as I mentioned, and then it runs codeception. So there's a couple of unit tests on there already. I want to obviously add more. It's not, uh, it's not, um, greatly tested, unfortunately. <coughs> but, um, I, I literally built it last weekend. Um, and I built most of it on stream last Sunday. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with the way it's going. I'm hoping it's not going to be one of these tools that I just create and then let to leave to rot. <laughs> I, I, I really don't think it will be, but, um, sometimes that has happened before where I've had a crazy idea and I've spent some good hours coding something up and then releasing it and then realizing that actually I don't need it or I've changed my mind 
and I've gone a different route. <coughs> um, I had a couple of comments last week uh, off of the back of that video, um, some on the YouTube ch uh, channel and uh, just some personally through Twitter and all that stuff about the roadmap. Um, the, the, there is a trending theme, and that is that perhaps I should be looking at uh, other tools that I can just take off the shelf for this education platform that I'm building. Um, one of which is, uh, I can't pronounce it, Silius, Silas, Silas, Cyrus. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an e-commerce um, uh, framework in Symfony. Um, and the other one is to use perhaps Magento or um, using Drupal for these things. So I'm using Symfony at the moment, Symfony 5, and I've been using Symfony 5 for a long time. Um, and I'm not building these things from scratch, right? Uh, the, the problem, it's not a problem. The challenge I have is that because it's API driven, it, it, it just brings in a little bit more complexity than a standard website, which has a standard front end and a standard back end. You know, the, the good old days where PHP and, and, um, Twig or HTML were in the same sort of set of directories. <laughs> um, so the front end is in Gatsby. So it's static site. Um, and the, the back end is obviously in Symfony and it's APIs. So when I'm integrating, when, when I'm integrating into these external APIs, Stripe, Facebook, GitHub, and so on, I'm doing so th from a API, not from a website. So it's a different way of thinking. So yes, it, it is a little bit more work. And yes, I'm pretty sure that I could, I could get all of the, um, uh, a decent suite of tools off the shelf, but, um, trying to find all of the things that do all the things that I want to do without having to have, make a lot of compromises is really quite difficult. <laughs> Um, hey, David Traveller, um, hi, why visual programming in virtual reality environment isn't a thing? I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Could you explain? I don't, I don't follow. I don't follow that question. So uh, the, 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 how to code well, I think it's, it, it it will happen. It's just taking a long time to do. And I do appreciate that there's, um, there's a lot of tools out there that I could probably use, but I would probably be having to sacrifice and make a lot of com compromises. There's also a part of me that wants to do this from a developer's point of view, not just from a business point of view. So I'm actually learning a lot doing this stuff. Um, which is great. And that is actually, I'm a contractor and that is actually quite, um, a very valuable thing to have because I, I don't, I don't get put on courses, right? I don't get put on training days. I don't go, there's no conferences anymore because <laughs> of COVID thank you. uh, annoyingly. So, you know, trying to keep myself, um, learning technology, means that often I have to, you know, do a lot of reading, do a lot of testing, do a lot of playing. And I'm using how to code well as that kind of, as a catalyst, if you, if you like to do that, obviously when we start getting users on the system, it'll be less 
like that, especially when we get actually paying customers on the system, because I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't be using a, a business tool as a means of just trying things out, especially when I have a very limited time. Um, and that was another thing that people were saying is like, you know, why don't you just get something off the shelf or buy something that will help you to do this or just use Udemy um, to do this if you've got limited time. Um, and the problem with my time is that I'm a contractor. So I, I work um, long hours uh, to to with clients, which is fine. It's, you know, I, I like doing it. Projects that I'm on are huge which is nice. I'm, I'm in a good place in my career, which is great, but it means that I can't spend days on end just building something. I can't, I'm, I, I don't have a full-time job in the sense of a full-time, you know, employee where I can take holiday and just build something in a week, you know, a week off because I have to amount a week off to how much is that of that? Am I going to be be losing in terms of money. I don't have holiday pay. Um, so, so yeah, time is tight. Um, so to the point where it's only evenings and weekends and, um, uh, that, you know, there's not a lot of those, <laughs> there's not a lot of those. So I'm going to continue down the road. I'm, I'm, I'm going through, but I appreciate, and I take on board the comments. Um, I think that, when we do get to a point where it is actually becoming more of a thing, then I think that my decision process need will need to change and I'll have to move away from a developer mindset and get more into a business mindset, I think. <coughs> Just reading comments here. Uh, David Traveller saying, like watching everything in your code uh, react with each other and having an integer, for instance how and why is changing. I don't understand. I really, sorry, I don't, I'm not following. <laughs> it might be the beer I'm on. I don't know. Um, so something about visual virtual reality. Um, I haven't done any work with virtual reality, not at all, or augmented reality for that matter. Um, so I don't, I don't, th I don't know. I have not got a clue. <laughs> I'm not sure. <coughs> Something I want to mention um, before uh, I move on is to do with um, the code challenges. So I don't, this is something I haven't really talked about on, uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm weird. <laughs> Lol. Um, <laughs> oh, drag and drop in a virtual reality system. Oh, thank you, Bryce. Ooh, wow. I wouldn't even know where to start with that. That is mind boggling. If that is the thing that you're talking about, David, then, you know, drag and dropping in a virtual reality thing. I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. This is the thing I'm, I'm, I build applications, websites and web systems, and I'm happy with that because you can just see it and refresh the page and everything's good. But when you start talking about virtual reality, or augmented reality, or a reality in which you construct and change and manipulate. That's just, that blows my mind. And it's something that I don't even think I would want to even investigate just because I don't think I would be able to understand it. Um, 
like from a coder's point of view, how do you do that? How do you, how do you say that? I don't know. I'm, I'm drinking, um, I'm drinking pale ale here. So how, how do I change that f- to wine or something, you know, in a virtual reality using a, a, an application or how do I, how do I look at this and find the price or even press thin air and I order another one from the pub from, from the bar or something like that. I don't know. I have no idea how that works. <laughs> Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. I would love to speak to someone who, who, who does and to, um, know what else you could do apart from just buy beer. <laughs> I don't know. Nuts. Anyway, as I was saying, um, I want to talk about the code challenges. It's something that I haven't actually mentioned on this, uh, channel on the, on the podcast for, well, I don't think I ever have. So, one thing I want to try and do this year um, is to try and bring consolidate Twitch, how to co- Twitch, YouTube, um, the 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 newsletter, all of those kind of things that I do, uh, Twitter and and all that jazz, uh, and and sort of talk from a single sort of hymn sheet, if you will, because I I I have in the past mentioned a few things that I realize that the audience that I'm speaking to isn't the audience that I would normally speak to on, say, Twitch or on Twitter. And so you kind of have to, um, I have to appreciate that I need to give context. <laughs> I can't just assume that everybody knows what I'm talking about. So we do code challenges every month on Twitch. Every month we do a code challenge and uh, it's something that I set out. And we've been doing it for a while. In fact, we've probably been doing it for a year. It's 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 shameful that I haven't even mentioned this over the podcast. Um, and every month I set out a challenge. And uh, what happens is that um, there's several la- levels to the challenge. Um, we've even created a, a JavaScript game before, uh, which was pretty ace. And I review the code that people submit on, um, on Twitch at the end of the month. And, um, it's, it's really good. It really, really good. It's a way of learning and, and evolving and, um, stretching your mind. And, um, uh, just, it's great when lots of people take part because then you can compare code and see how other people, um, uh, tackle this, tackle problems and come up with different solutions. Um, not, it's usually based upon, say, um, the concepts of code rather than frameworks, but sometimes frameworks are allowed. Um, it's not serious. It's just a bit of a laugh, to be fair. And uh, like I said, we've done some really good things. We've done um, JavaScript games. We've done uh, we've done a few, actually. We did tic- Tic-Tac-Toe. We did another game, which was a fighting game in JavaScript. Um, we've done some Python. We've done some Regex. We've done some... Um, PHP, obviously, and HTML. And, uh, yeah, yeah, really, really good. This one, um, <laughs> typically me coming out with this, saying this, uh, a couple of days before the deadline. <laughs> the next one, the next review is next, oh, is this Sunday. Um, and it is PHP one liners. So there are a series of levels, series of challenges in this where you need to come up with a solution on the command line using PHP in a single line. And I've got it here. I'll bring it up. 
So it's codingchallenges.howtocowell.net. That's the website, codingchallenges.howtocowell.net. And you can see that we've done this all the way since uh, November um, 2019. (laughs) So yeah, quite a long time. Uh, okay. So this one is PHP CLI one-liners. Um, so command line one-liners, a series of PHP one-liners to, uh, that run on the command line. I've only had a couple of sips of beer, I promise. Uh, you can use the windows, uh, WSL, Mac or Linux. Each example must be performed on a single line of code and ran in the terminal. Your code will be reviewed on Twitch February the 7th. So another thing that I probably need to mention more often <laughs> is that I do live coding on Twitch on Tuesday mornings at, uh, it's, it's usually seven in the morning. Um, it really depends on, uh, how much of a lion I want. <laughs> so seven in the morning on a Tuesday, but the main one is at, um, 1430. So 230 in the afternoon. I'm in the UK, so it's GMT times. 2.30 in the afternoon. That usually goes on till about five. So quite a long stream. And it's the Sunday's show every, at the end of every month, we do this on the Sunday show. So on the 7th of, of February, this is when we do it. Okay. So there are five levels. The first level is the RSS feed. Okay. So return a hate, return the how to code well podcast feed as XML in the, uh, using the RSS feed. So I've part, I've, I've provided the RSS feed. I would like you to return the, that feed as XML in one line of code in PHP that I can run on the command line. Level two is to randomize the alphabet. So return an al- return the alphabet, but in a random sequence again on one line in PHP that I can do on the command line. Uh, level three is to count the names in an array. So what I've done is I've provided an array of names. So Pete, Kim, Jill, uh, sorry, Pete, Kim, Jim, Pete, Kate, uh, Billy, Billy, Kim, and Kim. <laughs> oh, gosh, my imagination. <laughs> oh, my kids' names. Are, <laughs> I apologize now. Um, so... Uh, I don't have any children, but, um, if when I do, I, I just <laughs> four letter words, fine. So anyway, we have an array of names, right? We have an array of names and, uh, obviously some of those names are, um, the same. So for example, Billy is in there one, two, uh, yeah, twice, uh, Pete's in there twice. Kim's in there three times. So, Using um, a PHP function that I will not name, there is a way of discovering the count of each one of those values in a in a single line. So um, if you could provide that, that would be great. The level four is to display the happy birthday song. So in a single line of code, um, I want you to provide the birthday song. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear, and then your name. Happy birthday to you. Replace your name with your name, either on Twitch or Discord. Again, another thing that I need to uh, sort of bring into the podcast here, <laughs> say that we have a Discord server, if anybody didn't know. Um, so yeah, replace your name with 
that with a, your Twitch username or a Discord username, each line of the song needs to be in a new line printed out on the terminal. So we're playing with line breaks here. But if you could do this in a way that um, is is nice and compact on on a single line, uh, that would be that would be amazing. And then level five is, this is an interesting one. PHP, use PHP to access the shell and list contents of the current working directory. So access the shell via PHP. So the shell as in the terminal um, and list the contents of the current working directory. <laughs> um. Ah, I do apologize. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't have subtitles. No, I'm that that uh, that is uh, a good point though. Um programming and coffee has mentioned uh, about subtitles. Something that I would love to do and something that I I have the ability to do, I just don't have the time to do is to provide transcripts for the podcast is something that I'm using this thing called Descript. I've used it before. I've got the app, you know, I pay for it every year. It's a way of pro- providing like an MP3 uh, a file, and then it produces a uh, transcript. Most of the time I have to tidy up the transcript because I'm always making ums and ahs and silly noises and other things like that. Um, see, there you go. There's an um. <laughs> So yeah, I would love to do, I would love to provide transcripts and this kind of hooks in nicely as well to the, uh, to the future of how to code well, because I would like to provide transcripts for the videos that I'm doing as well. So people can learn how to code, but also in their own language, that would be ace. And if I could get that run, that transcript running in, in Elasticsearch, then that would be great for searchability as well. These are all on my lists of things that I want to, to want to do. Um, probably not this year, maybe next. Um, just, just cause there's so much to do, but yeah, transcripts, subtitles are, are really important. Um, and, uh, I, I, I do take on board that I need to, I need to use them. I need to, to do them, but they do take time to, to produce. So anyway, just going back to the code challenges, that's code challenges. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten the URL already. I have forgotten the URL. It's codechallenges.howtocodewell.net, codechallenges.howtocodewell.net. And um, it's this website, by the way, this is Gatsby. This is running on Netlify. Um, and what happens is at the end of every month, when I do the code review, I then announce the next challenge which is going to be awesome <laughs> because it's going to be a bunch of PH, uh, not PHP. It's going to be a bunch of interview questions. I reckon. Um, yeah. Uh, and more about the theory of things and maybe explanations, um, than perhaps demonstrations. I think I'm also going to do this PHP CLI one liners because I think this is a fun challenge. I'm going to do this on, on, well, I think all of them are fun challenges. It's just, some of them are huge and, um, I get blown away by the people, by the submissions (laughs) of these things. Um, and, uh, I spend all my, 
waking hours working on how to go well on the website. So I don't have time to do these challenges. I've got time to think them up. Um, and you'll see if you go through all the way back to November 2019, you'll see that some months I've been nice and lenient and some other months I've been quite harsh. <laughs> Pete was in a bad mood that day and wanted to do all of these things. Um, so, so yeah, uh, coding, uh, sorry, code challenges.howtocodewell.net. And I will be doing the review on Sunday. Uh, and I'll be announcing the next one for the end of February. Um, the reason why this is on Sunday, by the way, is because I was, I was, I was wanting to work on that testing API last, last Sunday. And, th- and therefore that, that's what we did. We built the testing API, uh, rather than do this, uh, do this review. So, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really bad at promoting this stuff, which is annoying. Um, I really need to put on some reminders or just have a personal assistant who just keeps reminding me to do things. So, um, to submit your code, I really should say to submit your, your example, create a GitHub repository and then, um, join our discord server, go to howtocodewell.net forward slash discord and join. It's free to join. And there is a coding challenges channel, (laughs) say that enough times a coding challenges channel, and you can submit your URL to your GitHub repository there. And then what I'll do is I'll pull it down and then I'll review it live, um, on, uh, on, on Twitch on the Sunday. So yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be awesome if we could get more members joining. That'd be great. Another thing that I wouldn't mind doing, um, something I've been thinking of recently, just because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and I've been listening to a lot of, um, when, when, you know, walking the dogs, the dog, um, doing the washing up and all that jazz, you know, it's nice to listen to other people talk, you know, people that you don't necessarily see, um, especially during these COVID times. So I've been listening to a lot of, um, podcasts and a lot of people, uh, in the tech community. One of the podcasts that I listen to a lot is co, um, Coda radio, um, uh, part of a Linux action show. And, um, what they have been doing is they've, be, they've got a sort of a, a mailing list, not a mailing list. It's more of a sort of, um, you know, you can, you can, there's a contact page that you can contact them with questions and stuff like that. So I wouldn't mind kind of replicating that kind of thing. Um, maybe having a contact page on how to code well, maybe how to code well.net forward slash contact. I don't know where there is um, sort of a, a form that you can uh, fill out and, you know, I'll read out your, your notes on, on uh, live on these podcasts. That'd be, that'd be really, really cool. And also what I was thinking of doing was coming up with like some form of theme every month for this podcast um, where, it, you know, the theme could be some sort of question that I put out and then, Maybe, um, depending on the responses, you know, I, I do a, a, a show where I just read the responses out or I read the responses as I, as I get them maybe. And I was thinking about, um, the theme for, for February. And I thought, well, we're all working from home right now, um, because of, you know, remote working and everything. And I was wondering, you know, what have you done differently or what have you purchased, um, differently? in terms of your setup, your, your, um, your desk, your chair, your, 
um, your screens, you know, what have you, what have you invested in that has made your life a little bit easier working from home, whether it's been an upgrade to a laptop or a, a new monitor or, you know, a new webcam or a microphone or something like that. Um, that would be interesting because then that's something that you can share and then I can, I can share that and then, you know, make a discussion around it. I'm sure there's something I'm, I, I'm, there's a bit of selfishness to this because I think I'm missing a trick. Um, I get, um, real bad backache and, um, my legs, um, <laughs> aren't great. So, uh, it would be nice to see if anybody else has, has got a, a, a chair or some, sort of rug or some sort of footrest or, you know, just some tip on changing monitor screen sizes and stuff like that, you know, whatever. So if you've come up with any kind of thing that you've purchased or um, changed a habit because of lockdown, because you're working from home, um, maybe you didn't have an office, uh, maybe you weren't a remote worker, um, and maybe you are um, having to work in an environment that you wouldn't normally necessarily work in. Um, and so you've purchased something to make it a little bit easier. That would be interesting. Unfortunately, we don't have howtocoweld.net forward slash contact. <laughs> so um, for now, if you've got any kind of suggestions on that, then put them put them down in the uh, comments in the YouTube um, comment section below. And hopefully by next week. I'll remind everyone about this theme that we might be doing. Um, and hopefully by next week, we'll, we will have a contact form <laughs> and, um, then, then, and then you'll be able to supply your thoughts, uh, there. And, uh, if you've got any links to all this stuff, that would be great as well, because, you know, I wouldn't mind sharing this on in the newsletter. I, it, this is another thing that I want to try and do is try and bring everything together. So the newsletter, the YouTube channel and the, the, and the Twitch and be a little bit more sort of, um, concise with, with, with what I'm, with the content that I provide, you know, um, sometimes I feel like the email is going in one direction and the. Twitch is going in another direction and the YouTube is having to catch up. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, I am going to call that time because um, I have um, lots of stuff that I, I wouldn't mind cracking on and doing some poor requests to uh, run tonight uh, before, uh, before I head off. Also, I'm going to drink the rest of this lovely beer as well. So, if you've got any thoughts or comments or questions, then please don't hesitate to put them down in the comment section below in YouTube. Hopefully by next week, we'll have a contact form. Um, and also if you want to join the code challenges, then uh, please do so. Uh, that's uh, code challenges.howtocodewell.net. And also if you haven't done so already, please join our discord server howtocodewell.net forward slash discord. That'd be great. Happy coding, everybody. And I'll see you again next week. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs>